This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Once a year, we get to revel in everything that is Irish. I am wearing my St. Patrick's Day lime green shirt. I am ready to enjoy some Irish whiskeys, some Irish beers, some Irish delicacies. Everything associated with St. Patrick's Day, we will enjoy today front and center. We never fail to see a reason to party, but on St. Patrick's Day, everyone is Irish, even yours truly, Cigar O'Dave, as we come to you today from, normally it's called Panini's, but today it's O Panini's in the uh, northern part of the Cigar City, and today, lieutenants, for the next two hours, we will celebrate everything associated with St. Patrick's Day as we get set for March 17th. Erin Gobrao. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A Long Ash happy St. Patrick's Day snappy salute. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. America's alpha male front and center. And as always, lieutenants, we never need a reason to celebrate, to find reason to enjoy and imbibe great uh, libations and eat great delicacies. But St. Patrick's Day is always a special time of year because no matter what ethnic uh, group you may be from, you are Irish on St. Patrick's Day. And as always, we've got a great crew. First of all, we have our resident Somalier, oh Somalier Dave today, wearing the, uh, Somalier Dave, you look like an Irish pimp, I have to tell you. For you, General, I came prepared, long ash greetings, oh General, how are you? Back at you, fantastic, and you've got the the green St. Patrick's Day hat, uh, hat with a oh, gold yeah. leprechaun, you've got a little feather uh, on there, I'm <laughs> telling you, you look like, you know, Bishop Don Magic Juan, yes. the greatest pimp in American uh-huh. history, who uh, said that uh, green is for the money and gold is for the honey, you got the green and you got the gold, <laughs> and you've got this, this very big shamrock, ultra-wide tie. I think that was very big in the 1970s, Somalia Dave, but what does it say? Eat, drink, and be Irish. Of course. On a day like today, that's exactly what you want to be. Well, that's, that ties. That's a great seg into our next guest because uh, Captain Paul from the Western New York Theater of Operations back down in the Cigar City. Can't get enough, Captain Paul, after Super Snacks. Your, your saying is... Is eat, drink, and be sloppy. Absolutely. And be Irish and send your clothes to Colvin Cleaners. Colvin Cleaners, the finest dry cleaner in the United States, located on Elmwood Avenue. What's the exact address? So 2375. 2375 Elmwood Avenue in Kenmore, New York. Just uh, conveniently located everywhere in the Western New York Theater of Operations. And uh, we also have our mixologist Liz today for the first time. Mixologist Liz, welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. Oh, thanks for having me. And you've got some great uh, libations that you're going to be concocting. Give us a little rundown, if you will. Uh, well, we are going to make an Irish Manhattan. We're going to use some Irish whiskey and some bitters and some Shouldn't sweet. it be an Irish Dublin? 
Irish Dublin. We could call that, make it, you know, Irish Manhattan. <laughs> but we exactly. could call it the Irish Dublin. Okay. We're going to make an Irish sour as well. Uh, probably do an Irish car bomb. You're okay with that. As long as the IRA is not around, we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> and some Irish coffee. Yes. Got to do some Irish coffee. And we also have a special guest. We have Mrs. Captain Paul, front and center at the very end with her iPad. What? What? Uh, any Any Irish-related games you're playing today? Is it Candy O' Crush that you're playing today? Well, well, we've got another microphone over we there, got Captain a remote. Paul. We've got a stick microphone. Hold on, Captain Paul. Keep your headset on. There you go. It's gummy drop that I play. So. Ah, it's gummy o drop today. <laughs> there you go. Gu- gummy drop. There's green, a very green gummy drops. Green gummy drops. All right. Well, we have plenty of libations today for everyone, and some great delicacies that we'll be enjoying. But first up, let's talk a little bit about St. Patrick's Day. What it is all about? It is celebrated annually on March 17th. It is the traditional religious feast day of St. Patrick, who is believed to have died in the year four. 160, a long time ago, and he was the patron saint of Ireland. And so now what started out as a religious holiday, a Christian religious holiday, is really just a celebration of Irish uh, culture and Irish life. And believe it or not, the first, probably not going to believe this, but big St. Patrick's Day parade held in New York. But what people may not realize is that the first St. Patrick's Day that was held in New York City occurred March 17th, 1762, before the United States of America was formed. So it goes way, way back, and it is a huge parade. I I don't know who's going to be the Grand Marshal, but that's always a very uh, big honor in New York City. Uh, Of course, uh, people all over the world celebrate it. There's big festivities that go on in Australia, obviously in Ireland, in Europe, throughout the United States. And actually, here in the Cigar City, uh, Mayor Bob Buckhorn, about four years ago, wanted to do something very unique. And so in Chicago, he kind of borrowed a page out of what they do in Chicago, and it's called Mayor's River O'Green. So the Hillsborough River is colored green with food dye right along the downtown area, and uh, it is a huge festival that goes on every uh, year. It's usually the Saturday before or after St. Patrick's Day. This year, it'll be two days after St. Patrick's Day on Saturday, March 19th. Uh, So actually a week from uh, today in the, I should say, we're actually taping the show, Lieutenants, uh, Thursday, uh, March 15th. And the reason I mention that is because I know many of you, if you're listening today, are going to say, General, aren't you going to talk about what happened at the Republican debate? Well, Being a general, we always have a tertiary, a secondary, and a tertiary plan. I'm going to do a special podcast uh, that we will play after the show that will talk about what happened on the debate. So I don't know what's going to happen because it hasn't happened at the time that we're recording this show, but I'm sure it's going to be rather festive, so I will give you my my, uh, commentary on that. But today, as we celebrate St. Patrick's Day, Lieutenants, we have all the proper the proper uh, garnishments. We've got great Irish whiskey, Irish beer, and we've got some great Irish food. So St. Patrick's Day, a very big festival. And Samadier Dave, when we come back, we will start things off talking about Irish whiskey because Irish whiskey, one of the fastest-growing spirits, it has been for the last number of years. So when we come back, lieutenants, on Cigar O'Dave, St. Patrick's Day celebratory maneuvers, we'll talk Irish whiskey, we'll talk Irish beer, we'll talk Irish delicacies, Irish cocktails, it is all Irish today, front and center, as yours truly, Sagato Dave, your happy alpha leprechaun. Celebrate St. Patrick's Day Erin Gobra tasting maneuvers by enjoying the drinks the general is consuming. Get the complete list at CigarDave.com. 
The journey of Yarguera began with a very special yet delicate Cuban seed. The Grupo de Maestros took their rare tobacco to the privileged farmlands of western Honduras, where they began a five-year program to combine its sweet flavors and distinctively aromatic qualities with the robustness of Criollo 98. The result was Yarguera, a genetic hybrid tobacco containing the best qualities of each. Grown on a single state containing rich soil and ideal weather conditions, Yarguera features flavors of coffee and chocolate with hints of nutmeg and cinnamon. Shade and sun-grown versions of this exceptional tobacco are now used exclusively in one cigar. Yarguera H. Upman. Experience Yarguera H. Upman. Now at your local tobacconist and visit yarguera.com to learn more. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. It's St. Patrick's Day Aaron Gobra Tasting Maneuvers with your five-star general, Cigar Dave. Aaron Gobra, Aaron Go Puff, Aaron Go Sip as we get ready to enjoy St. Patrick's Day Maneuvers. And I should say that to properly get in the St. Patrick's Day uh, mode this morning, first thing, I showered with Irish Spring Body Wash. Manly, yes, but I like it too. And then I had my... 
frosted lucky charms that are magically delicious. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure I had all the proper Irish accoutrements Start ready for today. Right. And I'm wearing a, a nice Irish lime green uh, shirt. And Samadhi, Dave, you look, uh, you've got your Irish St. Patty's Day green on. Out. You, yeah, I'm telling you, you look, uh, like I said, Bishop Don Magic One. It's uh, look like you look like Bishop uh, Mick uh, Magic One there with the. We're going to take a picture of this yeah, because I'm telling, Lieutenant said it's not going to do you it's justice. Gotta you got to see the uh, getup that uh, Samadier Dave has got on. But we will we will get to that a little bit later. All right, Samadier Dave Irish whiskey. First up, Irish whiskey is obviously whiskey distilled on the island of Ireland, and the word whiskey is an Anglicization of Usabita which uh, is from Gaelic, which means uh, that's whiskey, which is uh, Yusabitha, I think, is some sort of uh, magical water, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's a combination of the four different areas over there, Irish, Scottish, Gaelic, and Banks, and it just literally means water of life. Water of life. If you look at vodka, it means water in Poland or Russian. A vodka. vodka means water with no taste. Yeah, exactly. That's what it translates to. But this has lots of taste well, because it how it's distilled. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, whiskey is uh, aged no matter what it is. It's always aged in some sort of a barrel. And, in fact, some of the Irish whiskeys use good old-fashioned American, used American bourbon, bourbon barrels. barrels. Yeah, we see that with a lot of different whiskeys around the world, the small crafts. You see it with scotch. And uh, they love that flavor profile it gives from having the bourbon barrels or the whiskey barrels from America. Well, Irish whiskey, one of the earliest distilled drinks in Europe uh, that started around the 12th century. It's believed that Irish monks brought the technique of distilling perfumes back to Ireland from their travels to the Mediterranean uh, countries around 1000 A.D. They modified the technique to obtain a drinkable spirit. Whiskey first recorded in Ireland in 1405. Not in Scotland until 1494. Correct. So the Irish had about a 90-year head start, and the oldest, or the old Bushmills Distillery, is the oldest surviving licensed distillery in the world. It traces its heritage to a license from James, King James the First in 1608, and the Bushmills Distillery established in 1784. So it goes way, way back. Now, legal definition, Sommelier Dave, in order to be defined as Irish whiskey. Production established by the Irish Whiskey Act of 1980. Irish whiskey must be distilled and aged on the island of Ireland. That is either in the Republic of Ireland or Northern Ireland. Correct. The contained spirits must be distilled to an alcohol by volume level of less than 94.8% from a yeast fermented mash of cereal grains in such a way that the distillate has an aroma and flavor derived from the materials used. It must be aged at least three years in wooden casks. And if the spirits comprise a blend of two or more such distillates, the product is referred to as a blended Irish whiskey. Correct. So you can have uh, basically single malt Irish whiskey, just like scotch, right. as well as a blended whiskey. Yeah, there's very few actual malted whiskeys. They're mainly made out of grain. One of the biggest differences between scotch whiskey and Irish whiskey is this distillation where the Irish whiskey is distilled three times in a pot still, where the Scottish whiskey is distilled twice. So it makes it a little bit smoother, plus the fact they're not using barley, peated barley. And there are a dozen distilleries located uh, in Ireland. Correct. There's not that many. In uh, Scotland, there's like 105, over 100 distilleries. The Irish, uh, back in the 1700s, uh, had 
a real hard time. Something happened, and a lot of the Irish whiskeys went away. It's only now, like you had mentioned earlier, they've come on really strong since the 1990s with their growth. They're the fastest-growing entity category for spirits in the world, 20% per annum. A little bit smoother than Scotch whiskeys. It doesn't Correct. have as much peat. Very, very soft on the palate. And I think that's one of the reasons that has become so popular. It is. Well, plus the fact that uh, the Perno has done a very good job marketing Jameson's. Jameson's is becoming more so than a drink to drink during St. Patty's Day. Like champagne here in the United States, we usually drink champagne on occasion or do during the holidays. But... In Europe and other places, they drink champagne all the time. So. And when we look, uh, you mentioned Jameson. There's also Tullamore Dew, Bushmills that are uh, relatively, really the three biggies, I think, coming out of Ireland. They are, but you're getting a lot of these uh, craft distilleries over there with Paddy's, Middleton, Powers, Lane Castle, Castle. We're representing one right now called Donegal Estate. It's a real craft spirit. It's real light, really delicious. Delicious and very nutritious, especially on St. Patrick's Day. Now, when we talk about there's different blended Irish whiskeys, but there's, we said single malt, but there's also two other categories, single pot still as well as single grain. Correct. So the single pot still would be, it's just distillation. You have two types of distillations. You have a pot still and a column still. So the pot still is one batch, just like how we reviewed with Woodford. When we're talking about bourbons, it's the one pot still. Single column goes continuous. It's column after column after column. So that's how you're getting your single malt uh, pot stilled. And the malt, the grain that they use, is primarily barley? Yes. And it's coming from whether it's the area, local area, or they're bringing it out of England or they're bringing it out of Scotland. And when we talk about Scotch whiskeys, we, we think a lot, there's a lot of that peatiness in certain Peat, parts yeah. of the certain the distilleries based upon the water and, and uh, where it comes from. You don't really have that with Irish whiskey. No, you don't. And I've been told by various education programs that they're using up most of the peat in Scotland to where they're actually having to infuse some of the Scottish whiskeys with that peat aroma and flavor to get that, you know, nuance, which has been known for for centuries. So, my Dave, when you look at Irish whiskeys, when did you see start to see the big popularity, the big increase? When did we start to see that? Well, they say it's happening since the 90s, but there was so little of it being sold, so 20% on a small base isn't that really that much. But it's been within the last 10 years. Like I said, Jameson's done a great job of marketing this whiskey to be consumed year-round, not just in a certain period. So it's in the last five in Ernst that you see displays and you see it being featured in restaurants and bars. And Tullamore Dew has done a nice job repackaging. Yes, they have. Uh, a total repackage, rebranding. It's very, uh, to me, it just pops out far more. Yes, it does. They are, they are actually the first distillery to build a new distillery in Ireland. They did it two years ago, 2014. And that shows you the popularity. They need more, they need the, the capacity. Correct. Well, the, you know, over there, you could buy the liquid, the distillate from Middleton or some of the other distilleries, but they wanted to do it on their own, and yes, it's becoming more popular. It's the second leading Irish whiskey being sold currently. Let's go over the lineup today that we'll be uh, tasting amongst the cocktails and some got a couple of beers that we'll be uh, enjoying as well. We have for mixologist Liz, we have the regular Tullamore Dew. 
We have a 12-year-old Tula Mordu. We have Bushmills, Bushmills Black, which is really unique. It says Bushmills Black Bush. Black Bush. <laughs> you would have to pick up Before, Yes. <laughs> Who doesn't like Bush? Yeah, <laughs> Black Bush, of course. And then the single... I'm talking about, I'm talking about Jeb, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bushmills has a 10-year-old, and I brought a really nice Irish cream from McCormick to try. And it's going to go in one of the cocktails. And the uh, Bushmills 10 is a single malt. Correct. It's just the one malt that they use age 10 years old. And looking at the different colors, you can see that the uh, the Tullamore Dew, their green label, which is their, that's the blend, that's correct? Their, the, correct. That's their frontline whiskey. I do believe the Tullamore Dew has this purple hue, this 12-year-old, because it's aged in Oloroso sherry barrels. And I'm looking at, like, the Bushmills uh, uh, Irish whiskey very light, almost a light caramel color, but when you look at the Black Bush or even the Bushmill Single Malt, uh, malt 10, definitely different. Deeper. Deeper. Much deeper hues. Longer age. Longer age in the barrels. Correct. Correct. The 10-year-old, uh, obviously, the youngest whiskey in there is 10 years old, but the Black Bush is uh, six-year-old age, so it's more so than a three-year-old, which by law, to make it an Irish whiskey. And the McCormick Irish, Irish cream, cream liqueur. Sure, it's like a Bailey's, it's like an Emmett's, it's like any Irish cream liqueur uses a real rich cream with Irish whiskey. All right, when we come back, lieutenants, we will conduct the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. We will get ready to enjoy cigars and libations, and we've also got some other items that we will get to throughout the show. First of all, we'll talk about Bernard Sanders. Bernard Sanders, excuse me, I'm talking a little bit of a controversy during the debate with Hillary Clinton, a controversy that is typical media contrived. We'll get to that. We will talk about U.S. soldiers being taught about white privilege. We'll get to that. And we've got uh, the New York Times, their editorial board. Headline, raise the legal age for cigarette sales to 21, and Bernie Sanders would like to reduce the voting age. So we will get to all that, lieutenants. It is St. Patrick's Day celebratory maneuvers today. The March selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is New Wave Reserva from E.P. Carrillo. This cigar is medium-bodied, rich and creamy, with an earthy sweetness that finishes with wood tones on the palate. New Wave Reserva from E.P. Carrillo has an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, Connecticut broadleaf binder, and fillers from Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm-hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. 
Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. Cigar Dave Officers Club members receive fantastic selections the first quarter of 2016, beginning with the January 2016 selection of Perla Del Mar cigars by J.C. Newman. In February, the Rocky Patel Royale cigars were featured, and coming in March, the E.P. Carillo New Wave Reserva. Get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars shipped right to your mailbox. Go to CigarDave.com now and join the Officers Club. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. As we celebrate St. Patrick's Day, Cigar O'Dave, your O'General, America's O'Alpha Male, front and center, coming today from uh, one of our favorite spots in the Cigar City, Panini's beautiful outdoor patio, very cigar-friendly, and I have pulled out a Romeo y Julieta Reserve. Now, it used to be called the Romeo y Julieta Habana Reserve. They have since changed it to Romeo y Julieta Reserve. This is a beautiful cigar made down in Honduras. And this was the first Romeo y Julieta that was not made at uh, Tabacalera de Garcia in the Dominican Republic. It is made at the Flor de Copan factory, one of the great factories in the world. I have been there, visited, made great cigars. And the Romeo y Julieta Reserve is a medium to full-flavored cigar. uses a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano wrapper. Lots of flavor. uses some very nice Honduran and Nicaraguan uh, fillers. Reasonably priced in the $5.5 to $7.5 category. A lot more flavor, actually, than the Romeo y Julieta Reserve Real, which is mild to medium. This is medium to full, and I wanted something that would go nicely with the Irish whiskeys and some of the Irish cocktails. And I'm trying to find some green... Ah, yes. Now I know the another reason why I selected the Romeo y Julieta Reserve, because on the box, there's green when you see Romeo and Julieta. On the uh, Julietta's on the balcony and Romeo is is looking up to her. There's little green plants around. So there's green on the box. And do I see a slight bit of green in the wrapper? Not a thing. So we'll just go with the green on the box. But this will go perfectly with the Tullamore Dew and Bushmills that we will be enjoying today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Before I tell you about my device, I should tell you that I've selected a Corona size, five and a half inches in length with a 45 ring gauge. Very nice uh, petite cigar, but very elegant. Corona, one of those sizes that uh, is starting to come back in popularity, but, but just a nice way to smoke, especially for a short time, a half hour, 45 minutes, nice Sunday morning or any morning smoke, and that's what uh, size I will enjoy. Got myself sharpening double-edged stainless steel cutter ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, Captain Paul, 
This has some significance to the Western New York Theater of Operations. This is a culinary torch. I was at Wegman shopping for Cigar Mother. She needed something around uh, Thanksgiving a few years ago. So in the aisle where I had to, I don't know, I had to get a turkey baster or something or other. And, oh, no, I know what I had to do. I bought a turkey fryer, so I needed one of those, you know, injector uh, syringes. And in the aisle, they have these culinary torches. They're normally, I think, $34.95. It's they use, you know, for uh, creme brulee and flambe and, and, and any sort of culinary thing you need to add a little bit of uh, smoke to or heat. Well, they had them on sale for, I think, $5.99 or $6.99. They had four of them. I bought all of them. And got a huge tank, single jet flame butane. You can adjust the fuel air mixture for eight bucks. You can't go wrong. It's less than that. I think it was six ninety nine. So in New York State, let's see. I think it was six ninety nine, and the tax I think was what one hundred and fifty percent in New York State. Isn't that the current tax well, rate? Yeah, yeah, something like that. But general, I'm surprised you got four of them. I haven't seen any of them yet. That's because I've got one. <laughs> wait a minute. I've got one. Uh, there is actually one in, at the Western New York at 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 the child at home of the America's Alpha Male. It is at Cigar Mother's home. I have one in my office. I have one in my Pleasure Palace and one in the Cigar Abe Lounge. So well, like they're, I they're said, I, I haven't seen one You yet. have not seen <laughs> I, But I've seen your stash of lighters uh, up in the Western New York Theater of Operations. So and you, if you'd like, you can you can have this one. How's that? <laughs> Thank All right, you, so man. that's what I would use today, and it works outside. It's a beautiful lightation device. Huge tank. You, can, you don't have to refill this thing for months. That's what I would use today. Cigar. Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. I will toast the foot of my Romeo y Julieta Reserve Corona. And Captain Paul and and uh, Osamalier Dave have already been enjoying these cigars. I think, gentlemen, you're ready for another one. Oh, th- these are delicious. Um I love this size. The flavor is fabulous. I seem to get more flavor out of a smaller, you know, cigar. smaller cigar. Absolutely. Mm. Up and rotate. Great draw. Mm. Oh, yeah. This is nice. Very nice. Wonderful aroma. Very smooth. Great construction. Now, I brought an entire box unopened. This has been in the Cigar Abe Lounge humidor for about, I think, two to three years. I remember I was uh, visiting Altatus, and I mentioned to Janelle, I said, uh, you know, I'm out of reserve, Romeo and Julieta Reserve. She's like, here, take a few boxes of the Corona size. You know, I like the Corona. This has got to be about three years ago, and they are fantastic. They have just aged beautifully. You keep them at 70 degrees, 70% relative humidity. They just get better each and every day. Another puff. Mm, outstanding. Now. I need a proper accoutrement, especially as we're celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Mixologist Liz, no, oh, no, 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 no rocks on that. We want to taste the Tula Mordu. So, Mixologist Liz, if you will pour that for us, and Sommelier Dave, if you will be kind enough to talk about the Tula Mordu Irish whiskey. This is their flagship whiskey, yes. It was started back in 1829s. In the town of Tullamore, there was a distillery. They had a gentleman working for him. His name was Daniel E. Williams. He started off as a stable boy of the distillery and then eventually worked his way up to become the owner. He brought electricity and motorized automobiles to the plant. 
and created a whiskey so distinctive and character-filled, he stamped his initials on the label. So that's where the D-E-W comes from. That's where D-E-W yeah, comes Daniel from. Yeah, Daniel E. Williams. I did not realize yep. that. Well, on the nose, just some wonderful notes, some yep. uh, fruity notes. Yeah, it should be uh, really rich. Getting a little bit of almost a little licorice, a little sweetness on the nose. Mm-hmm. A little uh, you might coffee. Get a little, you get a little fresh fruit. Taste yep. the wood from the uh, aging of it. There could be some vanilla sweetness as you taste it also. Well, I'll say cheers. Nostrovia. Ah. Oh. Mm. That is very smooth. A, little, yeah. a lot of warmth on the palate. Yeah. And let me raise a glass and say, may your blessings outnumber the shamrocks that grow, and may trouble avoid you wherever you go. Very nice. <laughs> that is a traditional Irish toast that our research department spend months and months digging out. And I'm sure those of you that are Irish that have been to Irish wed- uh, weddings and wakes probably have even better toast. But that's what we could come up with. So close enough. Again, manly, yes, but I like it too. The Irish Very nice. spray. Now, I'm going to take another sip here. Mm. Very, very smooth again. No peatiness whatsoever. No. Not a lot of oak. No. But just enough. Captain Paul, your, your comments, your tasting notes. Well, <clears throat> you know, most of my Irish whiskey has been sm- has been drinking at uh, wakes, usually out of the trunk of somebody's car in the parking lot. <laughs> there we go. But We've this, upgraded the experience today, abs- Captain Paul. Absolutely, absolutely. This is extremely smooth, and like you said, you get a little heat. You got a heat, yeah. And then a warmth stays with you afterwards. It's, it's wonderful. On the patented Cigar Dave Warm Factor, the CDWF, I think that's a full 9.5. No doubt about it. But again, not but smooth, old, but it's very, you know. It gets that warmth on the back. Yeah, yeah it does. But, well, imagine this, you know, being from Buffalo, Captain Paul, whiskey's coming from Ireland, very cold environment. Something like that will just warm you up on a real brisk day to where you can really smile and enjoy the day. Mm, excellent. Very, very nice. And it goes nicely with the Romeo. Julietta Reserve. And the reason I selected this cigar is because it needs to stand up to some of these Irish whiskeys. Correct. The Irish whiskeys aren't overpowering, but you cannot have a mild cigar would be a little bit too light. Correct. It'll overpower the cigar. So this is a very nice combination, especially when we get into the Blackbush and the Bushmill Single Malt uh, 10, where it's going to have a lot more of the woodiness. Correct. And one of the nice things about this is it not only comes in this 750 milliliter, around $20, but it also comes in a 175 that you can purchase in the marketplace. So it does give you that affordability, whether you want to have just a small bottle or a larger bottle for some of your wakes that you attend to, Captain Paul. Well, the wakes usually have the larger bottles. <laughs> <laughs> That's shocking, Captain Paul. That is simply shocking. And I should also say, Lieutenants, that a little bit later on, we've got some corned beef and cabbage. We'll talk about some traditional Irish fare that we will enjoy. Mixologist Liz has got some additional libations. And first up, uh, Mixologist Liz, when we come back, why don't we plan on the Irish car bomb? Sounds good. Again, it does have connotations of something terrorist-related, but we assure you that uh, there is no such connotation here on the Cigar Dave Show. We are celebrating St. Patrick's Day. It is Aaron Go Puff, Aaron Go Sip, Aaron Go Bra, as we celebrate St. Patrick's Day celebratory maneuvers on the Cigar or Dave Show. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. 
Go to Instagram and search Cigar Dave. In this difficult and challenging time, when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is going to be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple cap, using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy, and you're going to bootleg. And that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. In the fertile fields of the Connecticut River Valley, there is still one cigar brand who grows their own Connecticut shade wrappers. Monte Cristo. Prized for its unique silky texture, this exquisite tobacco has now been used to craft a cigar worthy of its name, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut. Building on the legacy of the beloved Monte Cristo White Series, this excellent medium to full-bodied cigar is rich, flavorful, and complex. Crafted with only the finest vintage 2008 wrapper leaves, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut cigar has subtle notes of spices, vanilla, and hazelnuts. Packaged in a gorgeous handcrafted box, these exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Pick up a Monte Cristo White Vintage today and experience the spirit of the valley. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Cigar Dave Officers Club members receive fantastic selections the first quarter of 2016, beginning with the January 2016 selection of Perla Del Mar Cigars by J.C. Newman. In February, the Rocky Patel Royale Cigars were featured, and coming in March, the E.P. Carillo New Wave Reserva. Get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars shipped right to your mailbox. Go to CigarDave.com now and join the Officers Club. Cigar Dave is going green. No, not in the pink Okami tree-hugging type way. It's St. Patrick's Day Aaron Gobra tasting maneuvers on the Cigar Dave Show. Could you imagine me driving a little Prius, driving a little electric car, one of those? You ever seen those little smart cars? They should be renamed dumb cars because if a gust of wind comes or a truck, Gotta you're done. Over. Exactly. There is no way I'm going green. I believe in enjoying carbon, especially on my massive BTU-laden grill, which emits tons of wonderful smoke into the atmosphere. And I believe in keeping my air conditioners at 68 degrees, and Al Gore and Leonardo (laughs) DiCaprio can go screw themselves. Now, we just had our first libation, the Tullamordu 12. Triple distilled, and by the way, when no, we the talk- regular Tullamordu. Oh, we have the regular. I'm sorry, the regular Tullamordu. Twelve is coming up. Next. Twelve is coming up, and very, very pleasant. Little bit of, uh, little bit of, a lot of warmth on the on the way back, mm-hmm. but just very pleasant, very smooth. 
But on St. Patrick's Day, I know this comes as a shock, especially Captain Paul to all those <laughs> people that live in South Buffalo, all the, the, uh, the, the Irish that are at all the Irish taverns in South Buffalo, but there will be heavy, massive amounts of drinking. <laughs> of libations occurring on St. Patrick's Day. Well, not not St. Patrick's Day. It starts the week before and ends the week after. It's, a, it's right. It's not a day. It's St. Patrick's <laughs> month. It's an so event. it goes the entire month. Why should that be different than any other day in South Buffalo, Correct. right? However, we have some good news for you. Because drinking more coffee may lessen alcohol liver damage. So if you have tons of Irish whiskey or some Irish beers or imbibe a little bit too much... The morning after you drink too many libations, have an extra coffee. Drinking two or more cups of coffee each day may dramatically lessen the odds of the liver damage caused by excessive alcohol. So that's why Mick the Brit drinks (laughs) 10 gallons of coffee every morning. Now we know. Researchers found that an analysis looking at nine studies, totaling more than 430,000 participants, linked drinking two extra cups of coffee each day to a 44% reduced risk of liver cirrhosis, which can be caused by heavy drinking. More than a million people die annually from cirrhosis, according to the study uh, that was co-authored by Dr. Oliver Kennedy of Southampton University. So two extra cups a day. If you have a little bit too much of the sauce the next day, drink some extra coffee and it's all good. Could there it be Irish coffee? I was just going to uh, say, that, yeah. does it count if it's actually <laughs> I'm in not the sure. Well, it does have coffee in there. And, and, you know, if it's that simple, I was I was reminded by a friend of mine who told me, he looked at me and he said, this has got to be about 25 years ago. He goes, you know, I feel sorry for you, kid. I said, why is that, Charlie? Charlie Ekman, the only person, the only man, one of my mentors, knew him in Baltimore, the only man to both coach in an NBA championship series and referee in an NBA championship series. Very well known in basketball circles, should be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Used to love his scotch. We went from Baltimore to Los Angeles when I was uh, doing television, sports producing and directing. Honest to God, on a five-and-a-half-hour flight, I think he had 30 scotches. It's just unbelievable. And we get off the plate, he goes, let's go get a drink. Jeez, Charlie. Charlie was the absolute greatest. And, and I've learned a lot from him. I'll never forget, he invited me over, he calls me over, he goes, what are you doing, kid? Come over for supper. I said, okay, what time? Like 6 o'clock? He goes, tell. Get over here at 1 o'clock. So I get over at 1 o'clock, I bring him a bottle of scotch. His wife, Wilma Bell, makes this beautiful spread, great food. I go to help clear off the plate. He goes, sit down, kid. The front porch to the back porch is hers. The rest of the world is ours. <laughs> so Charlie taught me so much. And, and, and it reminds me of when, when, you know, he would basically have libations for everything. And he even gave me a tip one time. And he said, I, I, we we're talking about something or other out in Los Angeles. And he said, you know, I feel sorry for you, kid. Back in the days, something, we got something, we got some sort of disease. We'd take some beer and dip our you-know-what into the beer and took care of everything. Today, everything kills you. Back when I was, nothing killed you. And so it reminds me of Charlie Ekman talking about just drinking more coffee because that was his rationale. Drink more spirits, mm-hmm. use spirits, drink more coffee, and, and everything is good. And, and uh, Charlie certainly taught me a lot, but I, I will never forget his love of doers, uh, especially going from Baltimore to, uh, to Los Angeles. <laughs> but it just goes to show you that coffee is a natural product. It grows from the ground, just like cigars. All these products are natural. When you look at whiskey, it comes from grain. grain. Everything comes from the ground. These are natural occurring products, and the enemies of pleasure just don't understand the enjoyment that we derive from it. They're jealous. That's why I think it ultimately stems from jealousy. 
you're having a good time, and they're right. miserable. They are totally miserable because if you look at them, I call it Gladys Kravitz syndrome. Do you remember the TV show <laughs> Bewitched Captain Oh, Ball? yes. Remember, remember Mrs. Mrs. Kravitz? Kravitz. Oh, she'd, yeah. be, she'd always be peering into the windows. Abner, look what they're doing across the street. Instead of enjoying her life, right. she always had to be peering in and seeing what Someone everybody, else's. make everybody else miserable. And that's exactly what it is where St. Patrick's Day, people want to enjoy themselves, mm-hmm. have some great food, great libations. Sure. You mark my words, there's going to be somebody that's going to cause a ruckus saying that there's too much drinking, there's too much this, too much that going on in St. Too much smiling. Too much happiness. And to them, we say, screw the enemies of pleasure. So we will continue uh, forward. Now, next up, we have to have an Irish libation. So mixologist Liz, what is first on our agenda today? We're going to start with an Irish car bomb. I think most mornings should start with an Irish car bomb. (laughs) Not if you live in in Ireland and the IRA is your neighbor. (laughs) So we're going to start with a half of a pint of Guinness. Uh, good Irish beer, and then we're going to add the McCormick Irish cream. So this is something that you actually have to drop into the glass. Um, I think that's why they call it a bomb. Okay. Like a Jaeger so bomb, we start like off that. with. Uh, it looks as though you got about a half, a large glass, about a half a glass of uh, of the Guinness. And is that you serve it cold, or do we make this warm? It it can be served cold. I mean, if you get it out of a draft or you open it from a bottle, as long as you have half a pint, you're in good shape. Okay. Um, you got a shot glass of the McCormick. I, uh, Irish cream. Irish liqueur. cream, and okay. then you're going to float. Um, we're going to float some Tullamore Dew on top of that. So we have the two essential food. Actually, the one essential food group: alcohol, alcohol, and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But if we break it down, we've got uh, for barley. the beer. We've got. Well, wait a minute. You've got barley. Barley. We've got hops, in the, the beer cream. hops. Cream. Cream. Cream from the cow. Milk. Yeah. <laughs> Milk. There you go. So the the most fun part about this cocktail is actually that. If you, when you drop it in, you can't be a wuss about this. You have to be a true Irishman because it will curdle in the Guinness. Or a true alpha, one of the two. Exactly. Well, by the way, I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> so can you then. No, I'm joking. Are you kidding? <laughs> I know we're going to have some, some, some groups saying, well, what if we're lactose intolerant? This what if a, we're a vegetarian? This is a glucose-free drink, or gluten-free. That's what it is, gluten-free drink. So then you're going to drop the shot into the actual pint glass. So wait a minute. You are not actually pouring it in. You're taking the shot glass and just dropping it in. Right. Hence the bomb. Got it. It's an explosion. Okay. So you drop the this in, but I have to do this when you're ready because you, you really have to drink it fast. I'm going to drink it quick. <laughs> Don't worry. Right. So you're going to drop that in. Yes. So give us the ingredients one more time. We start off with the Guinness. We start off with a half pint of Guinness yep. in the glass. And then in the we, shot glass. In the shot glass, we have Irish cream, and we top it with Irish whiskey. Irish cream and then some Irish whiskey. Exactly. Yes. All right. One, in, two, three. One, in, two, three. Let's do it. All right. One, two, three. <laughs> it didn't really work out well. Mmm. Mm. <laughs> Looks good. <laughs> Let's go back to the Tula Mordu. <laughs> no, this isn't bad. It's, it's an acquired taste. Yes. It's an acquired taste. But actually pretty good because you get the Guinness, you get a little bit of the cream, and a little bit of the whiskey. It's got a little bit of uh, almost a sour note to it, if you will. Good. But it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely an acquired taste. Captain Paul, what do you think? I think he's acquired it. Wow. <laughs> uh, I think I have a new breakfast uh, item for my... With your Lucky Charms. Absolutely. <laughs> because frosted Lucky Charms and an Irish car bomb, they're magically delicious. And, you know, you were talking about the... Uh, the, the bo- you, that's why I call it the bomb, because you've got to drop it in. Right. Correct. Is that it's, the same with F-bombs? You've got to drop the F-bomb in, too? <laughs> right. Same, same exact thing? You give can't be a, shy about it. Give it a taste, General. Let me, let me take another taste here. Mmm. Yeah, it looks curdy. There's no doubt yeah, about it. Yeah, you got to do that quick. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather drink it and not look at it. <laughs> but it tastes good. 
But it's kind of like if you went to go see how how sausage was made, you probably wouldn't want to eat never it. Never eat it. So that's why I've never toured the Salins factory in Buffalo or any of the other the other uh, 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 you know sausage makers. But very good. So so far we've got the Irish uh, the Irish car bomb we've enjoyed the Tullamore Dew. We've learned about St. Patrick's Day. We have learned about the background with Tullamore Dew, what the D-E-W means. We still have one, two, three, four whiskeys to go. We'll also try the McCormick Irish Cream Liqueur. We've got some Irish delicacies, some Irish beers. It is St. Patrick's Day. Erin go brow, Erin go puff, Erin go sip as we celebrate the patron saint, St. Patrick's Day. And everyone today on the Cigar Dave Show is Irish, and we will be all week. You can't go wrong with Irish food, Irish delicacies, and Irish partying. Lieutenant's hour number two of the Cigar O'Dave Show comes your way next, and we'll talk about my favorite candidate, Murad Sanders. Murad Sanders got a little heated. We'll talk about that, hour number two, right around the corner. CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. We celebrate the patron saint of Ireland. That would be St. Patrick. St. Patty's Day, St. Patty's Day, whatever way you pronounce it, it is all about celebrating everything Irish with some great Irish food, which we will dig into momentarily, some great Irish spirits, Irish music, it is a day to celebrate, and we never need a, cele- a day to celebrate as America's alphas, but the entire country, the entire world celebrates St. Patrick's Day, and we do so today. It doesn't take place until next Thursday, but we want a head start. So today on the Cigar Dave Show, it is Erin Gobrau St. Patrick's Day celebratory maneuvers. Front and center, grab your Irish whiskey, grab a cigar, and grab some Irish food and get ready to celebrate. Welcome back, hour number two. As always, we celebrate with our resident sommelier, sommelier, oh, sommelier Dave, I should say, sommelier Dave Cavanis. General. We've got uh, Captain Paul Bolani from the Western New York Theater of Operations. Front We've and got center, General. Mrs. Captain Paul. We have, uh, I should also say that our good friend Tequila Jerry. I know that it's not the spirit of choice on uh, St. Patrick's Day, but he is here, and we've got mixologist Liz. I'm still getting over that car bomb, especially the looking <laughs> at the curds that were in that spirit. But before we get to some other uh, St. Patrick's Day celebratory maneuvers, I want to get to a couple of other items. Uh, at the debate in Flint, I think it was last Sunday night, uh, Bernie Sanders and Hillary were going at it, and they were getting a little heated, and uh, Bernie Sanders has changed from the first debate or the second debate where he said, with all due respect, I am tired of hearing about her damn email. Right. He's changed a little bit now that it's, he's starting to get a little more alpha, get, mm-hmm. get some nads. Well, there was a, uh, an exchange where they were 
talking about the, I think, the, the Detroit bailout, and Hillary Clinton interrupted Bernard Sanders. So take a listen to how Bernard responded. The money that ended up saving the auto industry. Oh. I think that is a pretty big difference. Well, I, if you are talking about the Wall Street bailout, where some of your friends destroyed this economy. You know. Through, excuse me, I'm talking. Let him sprung. If you're going to talk, excuse tell me. the whole story. Excuse me, I'm talking, Hillary. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. I'm talking. So everybody had a big roar. They're like, ooh, he said, excuse me, I'm talking. Now, this is what I get a kick out of. Hillary Clinton wants women to be afforded the same treatment as men when it comes to jobs, pay, opportunity. They want equal treatment. However, when it comes to being in a debate or, a, or an election, she actually wants women to get preferential treatment. Because a number of people said, oh, Bernie Sanders was so aggressive. And, oh, he was rude. No, Hillary Clinton was rude. One thing about Bernie Sanders I will say, when someone else is speaking, Bernie usually does not interrupt. He lets Hillary speak. But Hillary interrupted on a number of occasions. So he did the right thing. I do that on many occasions. When someone talks to me, or, 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 and I always give people the courtesy, and I've been on numerous TV and radio interviews where I'm debating someone, I let them speak. But then when I start speaking and make my points, because usually I'm, I'm whipping them into submission because I have facts on my side, and I'm a far better debater than the opponents that I go up against, they start interrupting me. And I use the exact same term, the exact same phraseology. I say, excuse me, I'm talking. And when I get interrupted multiple times, what I say is, when you were speaking, I afforded you the courtesy of not interrupting. I let you speak. I ask that you return the same courtesy to me as I speak. And usually that shuts everyone else up. But when she goes on and interrupts and he just says, excuse me, I'm talking, you would think that he he, he lashed out at women, berated women. And, of course, the media had to perpetuate this, just like they perpetuated the Donald Trump asking his supporters to raise their right hand, that they would go vote for him in rain, sleet, or, 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 or hail, and that they would go to the polls. And by people raising their hand, all of a sudden, you had a number of people said, oh, that's reminiscent of Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, which is absolutely absurd. Donald Trump did not ask them to do the Sieg Heil uh, motion. He asked them to raise their right hand. And by the media's making this a, a fabricated controversy, then I suppose that every single elected official in this country, since this country was founded, must be a Nazi. Because by that rationale, when they raise their right hand to take the oath, they put their left hand on the Bible, then that symbolically must mean that they're raising their right hand, so they must be Nazis. And by that definition, the, that absurd definition of the, of the media, then I, as a German shepherd owner, must be a Nazi. And the reason being is because Adolf Hitler had a Nazi, or had a German shepherd. He was a Nazi. So therefore, because I have a German shepherd, why doesn't the media make that same ridiculous rationale and extrapolation and say, well, geez, Cigar Dave, the general must be a Nazi, just like Adolf Hitler, because both of them had German shepherds. That is so far-fetched and so fabricated, but it shows you what happens when the media has nothing else to talk about. They have to fabricate these things. 
Donald Trump in no way, shape, or form has ever been associated with being a Nazi or an Adolf Hitler sympathizer. There were many Democrats that were back in World War II. We know that for fact. However, Donald Trump has never said anything like that, has never been, and, and the mere connotate, the suggestion that by raising people's right hands, it's reminiscent of a Hitler, a Nuremberg uh, uh, a rally, is absolutely absurd. It is so far-fetched, it's beyond even speaking about, but the reason we have to bring it up is because these, these lay media, the liberal media, has to come up with anything they can regurgitate to try to, to uh, knock down Trump. And this is the same media that said, John McCain. He's a maverick. He's great. They promoted John McCain until he became the nominee. Then they they beat the living daylights out of him. And Mitt Romney, he's a moderate. He's good. He would be a he's very reasonable and rational. And the media supported him until he got the Republican nomination. Then they beat him into submission. And they're going to do the same to Donald Trump or whoever else the nominee is. Their, 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 their pal Marco Rubio is dead on arrival uh, in terms of the Florida primary next week. But believe me, if Marco Rubio ended up winning the, the nomination, as much as they love him now, they would beat him into submission and go after him during the general election. So Bernard Sanders was right. And uh, again, you can't have it both ways, ladies. If you feminists want equal pay and you want equal rights and you want equal treatment, equal opportunity, then you have to have the same opportunity when you're to debate when things get a little testy. And by criticizing somebody, that doesn't mean that you are anti-woman. But they want to make that. And by the way, I love these women that say, we want equal pay, we want, e- we want, we want equal quality every way. How come I never see women taking out their wallet, breaking out their uh, credit card to go pay for men on dates? Why is that? Just a little food for thought. They like equality, except when they have to pick up the tab. Now, one thing I do want to get to here very quickly is talking about 18. Uh, or Bernard Sanders was... Uh, we, we talked about how in this country now they want to reduce, they want to raise the smoking age, legal purchasing age of, of buying tobacco from 18 to 21. Now, I find it very interesting because, and I've always mandated, I said, look, people at 18, if they can put their life on the line for their country, they should be able to have a drink and they should be able to enjoy cigars. And they have the right to vote. Now we have people that are coming saying, wait a minute, we need to raise the legal age to purchase tobacco. And the New York Times had an editorial. I will save this for next week. But the headline raised the legal age for cigarette sales and by extension cigar sales, tobacco sales to 21. So these same people that said we need to lower the voting age from 21 to 18 because 18-year-olds can serve in the Army, they can die for their country, they're mature enough to do that, and they're mature enough to vote. But now these same people don't want to say that you're not mature enough to buy a cigar. And talking about lowering age and raising ages, this is a classic. Bernard Sanders is suing the state of Ohio to allow 17-year-olds to vote in the upcoming primary. Now, it's very simple. They they lowered the age from 21 to 18 to vote. It's very simple. It says you must be 18 to cast a vote. The first election I ever voted in was uh, 1980. I voted for Ronald Reagan. And uh, I could not, oh, I could vote in the New York primary because they occurred, I think, in April. But had the primary occurred before my birthday in late February, I would not have been able to vote in the primary. That's fair. It says you got to be at least 18. Well, now Bernie Sanders would like to lower the age in Ohio 
So he has filed a lawsuit against Ohio's Secretary of State to allow 17-year-olds to vote in the, Demo- uh, in the Democratic primary next Tuesday, or this coming Tuesday. And the uh, Sanders campaign is saying that the Ohio Secretary of State, who is a Republican, has changed the rules to make it so that those who are currently 17 but will be 18 by the time of the November general election cannot vote in the state's primaries. Now, my understanding is that under the current rules, those who are presently 17 but will be 18 by November 4th can vote on a host of issues in the primaries, but they've never been allowed to elect candidates, which is what voters do in a primary. So now they want to sue. The law in this country is very simple. It says you must be 18 to vote, period. So I love these Democrats now and Bernie Sanders suing to allow 17-year-olds to vote. If he's successful, I think we ought to sue Uh, every state to allow 17-year-olds to purchase cigars and 17-year-olds to purchase alcoholic beverages. What is good for the Bernard Sanders goose is good for the alpha male gander. That's exactly how I look at it. I always get a kick out of these Dems. They always want to change the laws, even though it's very clear it's cut and dry, but they do whatever it takes. To them, the, the ends justifies the means, even if it means breaking the law. We have seen that time and time again. All right, lieutenants, when we come back, we'll get back into St. Patrick's Day festivities. I am staring right now at a crockpot of corned beef and cabbage. We've got great libations. We've got beer, some delicacies. We will continue front and center. Aaron Gobrow on The Cigar Dave Show. It's St. Patrick's Day. Aaron Gobra tasting maneuvers on The Cigar Dave Show. Download the complete list of drinks and delicacies at CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, 
any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. The journey of Jarguera began with a very special yet delicate Cuban seed. The Grupo de Maestros took their rare tobacco to the privileged farmlands of western Honduras, where they began a five-year program to combine its sweet flavors and distinctively aromatic qualities with the robustness of Criollo 98. The result was Jarguera, a genetic hybrid tobacco containing the best qualities of each. Grown on a single state containing rich soil and ideal weather conditions, Jarguera features flavors of coffee and chocolate with hints of nutmeg and cinnamon. Shade and sun-grown versions of this exceptional tobacco are now used exclusively in one cigar. Jarguera H. Upman. Experience Jarguera H. Upman. Now at your local tobacconist and visit jarguera.com to learn more. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. of the Irish? Cigar Dave doesn't need it. But for everyone else, he's hosting St. Patrick's Day Erin Gobra tasting maneuvers to get the party started. Now, one clarification. I will say that on St. Patrick's Day, everyone is Irish, including me. However, I will not root for the fighting Irish of Notre Dame. <laughs> I still despise, and I know that Sergeant Steve who is at the controls, a University of Michigan fan, no Notre Dame fan either. That's just (laughs) set in stone. That is not going to change. Now, let's talk about some of the top foods for St. Patrick's Day. First up, you've got Irish stew, Mm -hmm. bangers and mash, which are our sausages and mashed potatoes, shepherd's pie, which is a concoction of meat and gravy and cheese and mashed potatoes, fish and chips. But the one thing synonymous with St. Patrick's Day is corned beef and cabbage. And here at Panini's, or as we're calling it today, O Panini's in the uh, north part of the Cigar City, Big Dom, the proprietor, when I called him and said, we're coming over, he said, General, we're going to make a special crock pot of corned beef and cabbage. So as I'm, I'm going to, we're going to set out pictures. It is unbelievable. Big potatoes, corned beef, cabbage, onions, and as I dig in, let me go around and see. You all have already sampled Consumed. the delicacy. So, Somalia Dave, we'll start with you as I take a taste. I found it utterly delicious. The cabbage was cooked perfect. The corned beef melted in my mouth. Love mm. potatoes. It was just wonderful. Captain Paul, what do mm. you think? <clears throat> same, same thing. I mean, the, the, the mm. texture of the corned beef is still there but it just falls apart. Mm-hmm. The, the cabbage, like you said, it was firm, but just melted in your mouth. Yes. Just fabulous. Mm. They did fabulous. a great job. Liz? Well, a lot of times corned beef, my father was 100% Irish, so I would have nice. this every single St. Patrick's Day. And a lot of times it's hard to make corned beef not as salty right. as it normally and briny as it is, and it was fantastic. I was just going to bring point. that up. Not salty at all. No, not at all. Melts in your mouth, Mrs. Captain Paul? I happen to make my own corned beef and cabbage, even though that's I'm Irish on that day only. But um, I actually cook mine in um, Irish beer, and it just gives it another little le- level of flavor. I thought you would have cooked it in Irish wine. Um, Pinot Grigio <laughs> is not Irish. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Pinot Grigio. Okay, Pinot Grigio. Grigio. Okay. I'll have to try that next year. There Thanks you go. for the tip. So what beer do you usually use? Uh, usually Guinness. Use Guinness. Okay, yep. so that stout gives it a little bit of... 
some hardiness, and how does it taste? Awesome. Very mm. good. Yep. That's incredible. So what do you think of mm. that, Dave? You it, can't get enough of it. But corned beef melts in your mouth. It sure does. Not salty at all. No. It's got enough flavor. Mm-hmm. Just all natural. Like, I don't like when food is over-seasoned. Right. And the carrots are beautiful. The onions, a little bit of a gravy. This is probably the best corned beef and cabbage mm-hmm. I've ever had. Very it really good. is. It really is. Because I've gone to many places on St. Patrick's Day, and it's very tough. It's very, it's almost very grainy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is not at all. It just, and they, they put this in a crock pot and just let at it since early this mm-hmm. morning. So it's probably been about four or five hours. Correct. Outstanding. Great all right. Somebody, Dave. Yes. Now that I've had the corned beef and cabbage, I need to wash it down with yes, something. Yes, you do. We're tasting right now a delicious 12-year-old from Tullamore Mm. It is, you're going to find some really nice deep spice flavors, which should go well with the corned beef and a little bit of the toasted oak. You could get some delicious vanilla sweetness off this. Definitely getting on the nose some vanilla. Yeah. Almost a little Chardonnay Mm -hmm. type of oakiness. Yeah, that's from the oak. You get the vanilla. Say cheers. Mmm. Wow, that's very, it's very smooth. flavorful. It's flavorful, smooth, fruity, not as much warmth. No. Wow, there's a yep. delayed warmth, but absolutely. not as much. Absolutely, absolutely yeah. lacks that heat initially. Right. Yeah. Well, that's twelve years as a minimum in the bottle. Does wonders in the bottle or in? The, I'm, I'm sorry, in the cask. In the cask, correct. Right, but excellent. Big Absol- difference, Captain Paul. Absolutely what you think? incredible. Now I've got some warmth afterwards, but delayed. Yes, absolutely. About, about thirty seconds afterward, yeah. you get a little, but not as not as much warmth as the. As the flagship Tullamore do. Correct. And it's relatively affordable. 750 milliliter size is the only way it comes in. $50 a bottle. Fifty. That's very reasonable for a 12-year-old Irish whiskey. Think of a scotch, 12-year-old. And this is yeah. what it's going to cost. There are a lot of people that don't like scotch because, again, it is very peaty or it has different fuller notes. This, and I mean, this is the type of whiskey you can put in a snifter and just... Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah, just neat with a cigar. Medium it's going great with this cigar. You pr- this wouldn't even it. yeah, this wouldn't even overpower a mild-bodied cigar. Boy, that that may become a staple in my house. There you go. Now, Samani, Dave, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Could you take the corned beef if you wanted to? You know, you've got to brine it in some sort of uh, solution. Could you put it in some Tullamore Dew or Irish sure. whiskey? You could age it in that or. Set it in there for a day or so to get that flavor and all that. Yeah, I don't know if I'd use the twelve year. I would. Oh, I would. <laughs> oh, I would use. Come on. Wait a minute. Only Let's the best. 12, yes. Only life is too short for coach mixologist Liz. <laughs> Are we? Can we drink it after we? Absolutely. Eat? Oh, in the sure. juice, of course. It's not wasted. And Mrs. Captain Paul, let me ask you: When you make your corned beef and cabbage with the Guinness, what does the juice taste like? Uh, is it? Does it have that beer taste? Um, a little bit. And actually, thinking back, it's probably not. Guinness that I use, it's whatever Captain Paul has in the refrigerator at the time. Well, that's, more of a, that's one of 27 flavors. Yeah. One of 27. Well, uh, some of the <laughs> other beers that we'll talk about. More of a golden about, beer. Yeah, it could be Harp, Harp or, or it could be a Smittix. Yes. So one of those two, which is very nice. And you could use Guinness as well. Outstanding. We got the delicacies, the libations. Happy St. Patrick's Day. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the new wave Reserva from E.P. Carrillo. 
This medium-bodied smoke is adorned with high-primed Ecuadorian Connecticut Oscuro wrapper, delivering tastes of toffee, nuts, and a hint of spice. New Wave Reserva from E.P. Carrillo was inspired by the short run of 2012, and you will love it. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. I spied an old fisherman singing a song Ah, oh, take me away, boys, me time is not long Wrap me up in the oilskin and blankets No more at the docks I'll be seen Just tell me, old shipmates, I'm taking a trip, mace I'll see you someday in Bill's No need to pinch someone because they're Irish. Instead, pour them a cocktail. It's St. Patrick's Day Aaron Gobra Tasting Maneuvers with Cigar Dave. Ah, today it's Cigar Dave, and I'm going to sing Irish tunes all afternoon. It's fantastic. I'm going to bathe in my Irish spring, have my frosted lucky charms, and I should also tell you, lieutenants, that no leprechauns were harmed in the making of today's St. Patrick's Day celebratory edition of the Cigar <laughs> Dave Show. In fact, that's why we need to bring Mick the Brit. Mick the Irish, we need to call him. And uh, yeah, he, he would be a good exactly. little leprechaun, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. I he, agree. He would. You just have to get an IV of uh, Guinness uh, <laughs> hooked up to him in one arm and some Bushmills <laughs> in the other Irish whiskey, and he would be ready, ready to, to go. go. Well, speaking of Guinness, let's talk about Irish beer. Interesting history with Irish beer. In the uh, beginning of the 19th century, there were over 200 breweries in Ireland, 55 of them in Dublin. But in the 19th century, by the late 19th century, the number of breweries fell to 50. And right now, there's only a dozen breweries that remain. Historically, Ireland produced ale without the use of hops because hops are not native to Ireland. However, now they import the hops. 
And the first lager brewery in Ireland was set up in Dartry, Dublin in 1891. Didn't survive very long. Lager later brewed for a short time at the Regal Brewery in Kells. And Harp Lager, which is very popular, been brewed in Ireland since 1968. So three types of beer that we primarily see in, in Ireland. First is an Irish red ale. Largely, the Irish red ale style has a slightly red hue, about 4 to 4.5% alcohol by volume. The largest national brand that we've sampled and will sample later on today, or in just a few minutes, is Smittix. Now, it's, smelled, it's spelled S-M-I-T-H-W-I-C-K apostrophe. Yes, Smithwick's, but it's not. Smittix is the correct, correct pronunciation. Uh, other Irish reds are O'Hara's Irish Red and Messrs. Maguire Rusty. Now, when we talk about stout, we talk about Guinness. In 1756, Arthur Guinness set up his brewery, moved it to Dublin in 1759, initially brewing ale. He switched to produce porter, which was a style from London, and in the early 20th century, Guinness became the largest brewer in the world, and it is now, it's not the largest brewer in the world anymore, but is the largest brewer of stout, which is what uh, Guinness now is known for, that deep, dark, chocolatey, uh, look and many people think that Guinness is very full flavored because it's dark and it's rich. It's not. It's actually very very smooth. And also lager, which is produced in Ireland as well. So first up, let's uh, since I just talked about Guinness and there's some other stouts, Murphy's Irish Stout, well known as well. But first up, let's try a little bit of Guinness, and I'm going to say, cheers. Almost very uh, got that big barley aroma on the nose. Mm. It almost has some coffee-like notes to it because that dark chocolatey, the way they, 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 uh, they roast the barley and the malted barley, but it's very, uh, almost notes of espresso, but smooth, not really bitter. Mm. But definitely has that, that little bit of that coffee note to it. And again, that's the most popular. When you think of Irish beer, you think of Guinness. Captain Paul, I know, make the Brits a big Guinness Guinness uh, fan, as are you. Well, <clears throat> you know, I'm not so much Guinness fan as, nope. as Lieutenant Gary. Now, there's oh, Lieutenant the, Gary's a Guinness fan. There's no the question. connoisseur. By the way, should, uh, we did a shout-out last week. Lieutenant Gary had a big fundraiser at the GOP, which is the Gary O'Brien's Pub, the most classified and clandestine and exclusive pub in the Western New York Theater of Operations. And Guinness is always on tap. It is always on tap at the GOP. And they had 100 people. They raised, uh, this is just he and, and Mrs. Harem of one do this themselves. They raised uh, well over $10,000. Well, 12000 12, something was the last count, and it, it continues Keeps going to up. Yeah. So it, it's above twelve, thirteen thousand dollars $13,000 for Roswell Park uh, Cancer Institute, and they do, uh, I tell you, the hospital and the institute there, uh, excellent. Very well-known, world-renowned. So I love it. Cigars and spirits and uh, gambling. Go to contribute to the Roswell Park Cancer Institute. Absolutely. And they didn't turn down the money. And I know uh, Cigar Mom and Aunt Trudy, they contributed. They contributed, and I'm sure they had a great time. I know they had a great time. They were initially going to stay for a few hours because, Captain Paul, you had a bus that picked them up. Absolutely. And uh, they stayed until the wee hours of the morning, I understand. They sure did. And they looked you know, they looked pretty spry for their age, I'm telling you. They are very spry, it, no doubt about it. At 1 o'clock in the morning, they were looking pretty good. They are party animals. Absolutely. They, they were ready to go clubbing right after, baby. <laughs> Drop them off at the clubs. 
Drop off Cigar Mother Piera and Aunt Trudy at the clubs till the wee hours of the morning. They'll go clubbing. All right. Now, the next up, we're going to have some Smittix Irish Ale. We talked about that. It is uh, relatively sweet when we talk about an ale. It is uh, based on the fermentation, different than lager. A little bit hardier than a lager, but it's very aromatic. Wonderful aromas. A little bit of fruitiness. A little sweetness. I will say cheers. Totally different complexion than the Guinness, but very, very pleasant. Very nice. A little bit of sweetness. Very, very mellow. And the last one that I will do, I have to do the Harp Lager. Now, that's a very mild beer. It's a European-style lager, which is similar to a Budweiser or a Coors. So it's not going to be overly powerful, relatively smooth. So I will say cheers. Take another sip of that. Very light. Light, bright, and tight. So those are the various beers coming to us from Ireland. So we've got Irish beers. We've had some Irish delicacies. And Somalia, Dave, when we come back, we are going to hit it hard because we still have remaining the Bushmills Irish Whiskey, the Bushmills Black Bush, Black and Bush. the Bushmills Single Malt 10, as well as the McCormick's Liqueur. And Mixologist Liz, you have a couple of more concoctions you are going to make. Yep. What do we have on tap? I'm going to make you an Irish Dublin, which is what we're calling the Manhattan with the Irish whiskey today. And then I will make you an Irish, uh, well, a whiskey sour with Irish whiskey. Ah, so we have an Irish sour and an Irish Manhattan, but we're calling it the Irish Dubliner. Yes. Fantastic. Lieutenants, the final and concluding segment of this St. Patrick's Day Aaron Go Brow celebratory edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. You need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. When Irish eyes are smiling Sure it's like a morning spring In the lilt of Irish laughter You can hear the angels sing Got any Irish in you? It's St. Patrick's Day Aaron Gobra tasting maneuvers with your five-star general, Cigar Dave. Ah, those Irish eyes are smiling upon us now here at the Cigar Dave show. Good old Roger Whitaker. One of the classics. Not exactly in the Cigar Dave music list in my iPod. <laughs> but for St. Patrick's Day... It works well, and we uh, want to welcome the princess, who uh, always joins us on some of these celebratory shows. Last time we saw the princess, uh, and uh, we had Portia and some of the other members of the honorary harem, was champagne and sparkling wine tasting maneuvers back the uh, end of December. Can you believe, princess, that it's mid-March and we're celebrating St. Patrick's Day here at Openini's? No, General, I cannot. And might I say how great you look? And luck of the Irish green. I do indeed. Yes, indeed. Fabulous. And I smell great with my Irish spring. <laughs> yes. Of course, you always smell great. Uh, so, no, I cannot believe it. Oh, my gosh. The time is flying. St. Patrick's Day already. Crazy. Before you know it, it's going to be our show again for New Year's Eve. It is going quickly. It is, it is hard to believe. But we have many more celebratory. We've got Independence Day. We've got uh, we've got a whole bunch of other celebratory Cinco de Mayo Cinco coming de Mayo's up. That'd coming up. Oh. Yeah, we've got we got a lot more libations coming. What's that? We've got no, no, now it's called Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest, and we've got a big announcement coming up in uh, the Western New York Theater of Operations. We're going to keep that a secret, but uh, stay tuned for those of you Western New York uh, lieutenants listening on 9:30 WBEN. We got some very exciting news coming up, but. I uh, want to thank Princess uh, for your hospitality here at Panini's. And by the way, Big Dom did a magnificent job with the corned beef and cabbage in the crock pot. Unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you, General. Always a pleasure to serve you. Your, your, it, it is your pleasure. 
Absolutely. It's all the harem's <laughs> pleasure to serve me. My command is their wish. We know that. <laughs> all right, let's uh, finish up here. We've got our remaining moments. We have three more uh, spirits we have to sample, all from Bushmills. Samadio, Somat- Dave? Like you had said, General, Bushmills started in 1608. King James I gave it a distilling license. They opened a distillery up, though, in 1784. Bushmills, which has a variety of different styles, whether it's original black bush, 10-year-old. We're going to start off with the original. As always, it's triple distilled, being an Irish whiskey, and you're going to get a really nice malted whiskey, which is matured in some nice bourbon barrels. Getting some apples, some pear on the nose. Mm-hmm. Almost a vanilla. A vanilla, yep. Yeah, you'll get that from the wood. A little molasses, mm-hmm. yep. So we'll say cheers. One mm. thing I got from it was hazelnut on the nose. I picked up a yep. little hazelnut. Wow, this is very complex. Mm-hmm. Sweetness, delayed warmth, but yes. probably on the cigar day warm factor about a six. Correct. But very sweet, very pleasant. Very affordable. It's around $22 a bottle for seven fifty. Beautiful. Captain Paul? Well, <clears throat> you know, likewise, I, I, I think it's uh, delicious. There's so many different things going on with it, but very smooth. And on the warm factor, it's medium bodied. Mm. Very, very nice. Now, mixologist Liz? Yes. We have another... St. Patrick's Day concoction that you are going to make for us now. Yes, we're going to make the Irish Dubliner. The Irish Dubliner, which is a takeoff on the Manhattan. Yes. But you can't call it a Manhattan. No. we got to call it something a little bit more Irish. So the Irish Dubliner. Yeah. Perfect. Why not? Now, what goes in here, mixologist Liz? Well, we're going to start with some aromatic bitters. Aromatic bitters. What are those, Samadhi, Dave? Well, they're bitters that are... uh, processed and all to give it a... So it's like a bitter herb? Just yeah, a bitter, bitter okay, herb. Keep going. All right, next up. And then we're going to use a little bit of Marchino cherry juice um, just to give it a little bit of a sweet factor to it. You don't always have to use that, but it gives and, it kind and of And Big nice Dom has just pulled up. Big Dom, the corned beef and cabbage in the crock pot off the charts, my friend. Outstanding. Outstanding. I know you did. I heard you got in here this morning at 6 a.m. He made it himself. So, Dom, many thanks. Outstanding. All right, so we had maraschino cherry juice, and then we have? Um, we added a little bit of sweet vermouth. Sweet um, vermouth. For flavor. And, then... and we put the bushmills in there? Yes. And mm. now you're going to put some ice. We put it in the shaker, or do no, we stir we it? No, we stir it. Oh, good oh Lord. stirred, we not shaken. Shake oh, James Bond would, not be, would not be happy here. No. So we stir it. He was English. That's oh. right, not Irish. That's not right. Not Irish. Okay, and now? And then we will strain it for you. Strained. You can do it up or over an ice sphere, but we're going to do it up because I don't know if they have those. An ice sphere? Yes. Yeah. Big, oh, the, oh, the big, big round ice. Yeah, oh, correct. I always have those at the Alpha <laughs> yes, at the Cigar did. A Lounge. Yes, Got to have did. those. And now she's putting in some fresh orange peel. Well, I'm just going ri- to um, rim it and zest it with that. Got a rimmer. And then. And a zester. <laughs> And then you can garnish it with a maraschino cherry. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is Look at that. Wow. Oh, the aroma on that is just so fruity and magnificent. I will say cheers. Oh. Delicious, huh? That is good. Oh, fantastico. (laughs) (laughs) That is outstanding. Very, very smooth. You can see it on your face. Mm. you got a grin from ear to ear. Oh, that is incredible. One more time on the ingredients, mixologist Liz. Uh, Some aromatic bitters, a little bit of maraschino cherry liqueur, sweet vermouth, uh, Irish whiskey, and um, 
Zest it with an orange rind and add a maraschino cherry. And that is what we call the Irish Dubliner. Yes, Take off is. on the Manhattan. Next up, Sommelier Dave, it is Bushmills the Black, Black Bush. Bush. You've got a six-year-old aged whiskey yeah. that has been put into Oloroso Sherry Cash. They're Spanish. Sherry Cash, yes. Yeah, they're from Spain, Oloroso. And you're going to get a neat little sweetness to this. It's a grain whiskey. All right, let me say... Cheers. Nice aroma. Get a little sweetness on the tip of the tongue, the mid-palate there. Oh, that is nice. Very nice. No warmth on the way back. At that all. is sweet. To drink that sweetness neat. on the back of the yeah. palate. That's that cask. Very nice. Captain, Captain Paul. Paul. Oh, <clears throat> I'm still digesting. Mmm. A lot this of flavors really going pleasant. on. A lot yeah. of flavors going on. Love and, this and, black and bush. It, it goes back so smooth. Right. Yeah. Now you're starting to pick it up. You get the sh- and that comes from the sherry cask. Yeah. So and they it, don't use an old. It's only six years old, you said. Yeah, six years. But because it's in that sherry mm-hmm. cask, that really adds, adds and parts that, flavor, yeah. that wonderful sherry run. That's where you get the warmth Correct. from the sherry. Right. But very, you know, very, very mild. Correct. Yeah, yes. no question about it. Mixologist Liz, we now go to you for our last St. Patrick's Day libation. All right. This is going to be an Irish sour. Um, an Irish sour. So we're going to use fresh lemon juice. Fresh lime juice, a little bit of egg white. Little egg whites. It's just for aesthetics. It's just to froth it up so ah, that a it looks. Frothiness. Gotta have that. Uh, simple have syrup. Simple syrup. And then we're gonna add some bushmills. We don't want complex syrup. No. We're gonna simple do, syrup. Never. We're gonna do a dry shake on it so the. Now when you say um, a dry shake. It means without ice. Without ice. So uh-huh. that the ingredients can emulsify a little bit. Okay. Where did you learn all this? Self practice. <laughs> MU, Mixology University. Oh, there you go. And we add some ice. Now we make it wet. It's called a bar. A bar, exactly. <laughs> now we, we add the ice, and you're going to strain it. Oh, look my at goodness, that. it looks like eggnog. Oh, does that look good? I wow. see. I see. There you go. Excellent. Let me say cheers. Hopefully I won't get salmonella after having <laughs> some raw egg white here. Mm. Oh, excellent. That is it's really good. good. Yeah. Sweet. A little bit of that tanginess on the way back. Tartness from the mm. lime juice. That is magnificent. Mixologist Liz, Temple. outstanding. Oh, thank you. Fantastic. Now, Samadhi Dave, last but not least, we go into... We got a 10-year-old from Bushmills. Bushmills It's a single 10. malt. It's 100% malted barley. It's matured for a minimum of 10 years. You're going to get some really neat flavors off this Honey, vanilla, and some milk chocolate. Wow, the aroma on the nose is incredible. Take a smell of that, Captain Paul. Wow. That's going to stand out. Mm. There's nice Say flavors. cheers and... Mm. Oh, my goodness. That is smooth. No bite whatsoever on no, that. Nothing. Not at all. Nothing. That's fantastic. Wow. No warmth. That is... Beautiful. Now you know why Bushmills has survived all these years, because they put out a really good quality product. Wow. All right. The award goes to the Black Bush and the Single Malt 10. There you go. That is outstanding. Yeah. Now, let me, I'm going to do a vertical tasting now. We're going to start with the Bushmills Irish Whiskey, the mm-hmm. flagship product. Take a sip. You should get a consistency on the flavor profile. Yep. Definitely a little bit more tanginess, mm-hmm. much warmth on the back of the palate. Smooth. Now I'll take the Black Bush. Notes of that sherry, mm-hmm. less warmth, but a little bit of warmth. Very round, nice on the palate. 
And now we'll finish it off with the Bushmills 10. You can't go wrong with either no. uh, any of these. Or the Tullamore Dew, you can't no. go wrong with. They show very well. They're all very affordable. That 10-year-old, for a 10-year-old, it's only $35. $35 wow. for $35 a 10-year-old? For a 10-year-old. Think of that in terms of what a 10-year-old Scottish, Scotch would be yeah. 60 Easily 65 70? now. They're going through the roof, the prices. Outstanding. That is excellent. So all of those, really, Sommelier Dave, the Irish whiskey, they're all very smooth, different complexion, and now we know why. They're it growing is, so much. Why it's growing so much. Year. So we started off with a regular Tullamore Dew, which is their, their purple. Yeah, right. they're kind of their, their, it looks like a purple. Uh, no, that's a green one. Oh, I'm sorry, the green. Stars with yeah. the green. Then we did the Tullamore Dew 12. Correct. The Bushmills Irish whiskey, the Bushmills Black Bush, and then the Bushmills Single Malt 10. Outstanding. We tried three different beers. We had some corned beef and cabbage. I would say that we had a uh, fairly Great successful St. Patrick's Day celebratory yes, edition of the Cigar Dave Show. Yes, we did. And a wonderful cigar. Boy, this thing was... Yeah, the Romeo e Giulietta Reserve went very well. Perfect. And I want to remind you that right as soon as this show is done, within a few minutes, lieutenants, we'll do a special podcast. I recorded after the GOP debate on Thursday evening. Just a uh, short uh, little bonus podcast of my thoughts on the GOP debate because come Tuesday that will separate the alphas from the betas so we will have that for just a few minutes post show so Samadier Dave got to thank you another outstanding job with thank the you, with the great Irish whiskeys mixologist Liz first time you've joined us outstanding great job Thanks for having me. don't leave so soon because we're going to have you make a couple of other con- we've got we still have we got, five full bottles of yes, irish whiskey <laughs> yeah. we can't let those go to waste captain paul visiting from the western new york theater of operations i think you should come down every week general I've, I, I've spent more time in tampa in the last two months than in buffalo so i'm not sure where my residence really is well right you now. better hope it's florida because <laughs> there's no state income tax in florida <laughs> exactly and want to thank mrs captain paul as always Princess, thank you for the hospitality at Panini's. Tequila Jerry, put that green Irish uh, pimp hat on. It fits you. <laughs> you. You got the look. Lieutenants, <laughs> hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Cigar Dave Show celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Don't forget, next Thursday, celebrate, be Irish, we're all Irish. Cigar Day of the General saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long, Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Sagado Dave saying, Erin go puff. Erin go sip. Erin go eat. Erin go fornicate. Erin go celebrate. Welcome to the special Cigar Dave bonus edition post-show podcast for Saturday, March 12, 2016. Wanted to get to the debate on Thursday evening as well as what took place last night at the Trump rally in Chicago. First, in terms of the debate, it's exactly the way I thought the Republicans should stage the debate. Be civil, enough of the attacks, enough of the personal attacks, talk about the issues, You can criticize on people standing on the issues, but don't make it a three-ring circus. And I thought that my candidate, Donald Trump, was good in terms of keeping his cool, keeping it civil, but he still needs to be more proficient on the issues, and I believe he must bring on 
policy advisors in specific areas, whether it is defense, whether it is uh, public policy internally here, domestic policy, whether it is in terms of, of economics, foreign affairs, he must start bringing on people. He's been talking about it for two, three weeks, saying I'm going to announce my team next week or the following week, and as of yet, he has not done so. And I believe it's imperative that he does. He must hunker down and learn to become proficient on the issues. It's not enough to say anymore that uh, we're going to, for, for repealing and replacing Obamacare, we're just going to allow insurance companies to cross state lines, and that'll solve everything. It's not going to solve everything. And it's the same thing when he talks about, uh, about, about the Medicaid and Medicare costs and Social Security costs. You can't just say waste, fraud, and abuse. That in and of itself is not going to do it. But overall, the tone and tenor of the debate was far better than the previous three-ring circuses that we saw. What I found interesting was, for the last umpteen weeks, we've heard the Democrats, we've heard the mainstream media saying these Republican debates have become an embarrassment to the GOP. It has become a three-ring circus. It has become nothing more than a juvenile shout-fest. And yet, when the Republican candidates on Thursday evening maintain a civil tone, what did the uh, mainstream media do afterward? They criticized the other candidates against Trump, saying, how come they weren't strong enough? How come they weren't harsher? How come they didn't attack him? The mainstream media loves to incite. Now, they never say that about the Democrats because they're all in the tank for the Lib Dems. But when it comes to the Republicans, there absolutely is a differing standard. So the Republicans did a good job. They were all above board. That's exactly the tone that I felt. Nothing earth-shattering, and the reality is we've had enough debates. If by now a person for the last, what is it, seven, eight months the campaign's been going on, you've heard these candidates over and over. You've seen them on TV. You've seen the debates. I always get a kick out of people saying, I'm still undecided, and the election is tomorrow, the primary's tomorrow. If you're still undecided, you're a fucking schmuck. It's that simple then you're, 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 you're uninformed because we have heard these candidates incessantly over and over and over again for the past seven, eight, nine months. Enough with the debates. Now let's talk about what took place last night at the Trump rally at the University of Chicago, downtown Chicago. I have no problem with protesters that want to be peaceful. You want to come to a rally and stand up and hold your signs, fine. But what you don't have the right to do is to be disruptive, to be violent, to purposely go to a rally to incite violence and to cancel the rally. That you don't have to do. And it's very apparent that what took place last night was instigated by the George Soros-funded radical liberal organization moveon.org. The MoveOn executive director came out with a statement, I tweeted it last night, clearly saying to all Trump supporters, be warned, take notice. Now, we have a right to free speech in this country. We have a right to express our ideas. You may disagree with those ideas, which is fine, which is healthy. That's what America is about. What you don't have a right is to suppress those ideas or that speech or to suppress someone's ability to hold a rally to express those ideas.
And what we saw last night was, as far as I'm concerned, vile and disgusting on the part of MoveOn and all the other schmucks that got up there with their Mexican flags, with their sombreros, with, uh, with, with, with all their t- going into Trump supporters, taking their signs, ripping them up. That's unacceptable. But that is the tip of the iceberg. This has been brewing for years. The ultra-left in this country believes in free speech so long as free speech, the free speech you engage in, agrees with the free speech they engage in. They're all for free speech as long as you agree with them. If you disagree with them, then all of a sudden you are inciting hate. If you disagree with them, you're inciting radical ideas. If you disagree with them, you are inciting injustice. We've heard this over and over again. And how ironic that last night's rally being disrupted in a very radical method came in the city of known radical community organizer Saul Alinsky, who wrote the book Rules for Radicals. And I tweeted out a statement last night, go on my Twitter feed, at Cigar Dave Show, and you'll see, I paraphrased, about three, four ideas from that book. And it's very simple. They want to demonize the target. They want to demonize Donald Trump. And it is, isn't it amazing that at a Hillary Clinton rally or a Bernie Sanders rally, if someone disrupts the rally, those people that are the disruptors are rude, according to the mainstream media. However, if someone disrupts a Donald Trump rally, then it is Donald Trump's fault for inciting the violence, for inciting the disruption, for, for his ideas that are, that are causing these protesters to be so upset. They point the finger at Donald Trump. But when it comes to Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, they never do. And remember, Bernie Sanders had a rally that was interrupted. I can't remember where it was. I think it was last summer in, in maybe on the West Coast, wherever it was. I will never forget those two women from Black Lives Matter getting up and basically hijacking the microphone. And Bernie Sanders walked off with his head between his tail. And I, at the time, said that's wrong. You can disagree, you can protest, but Bernie Sanders has the right to speak. Hillary Clinton has the right to speak. I disagree with them, but I always listen. Just like Republicans have the right to speak. And by the way, to all the other Republican candidates, to Kasich, to Cruz, to Marco Rubio, if you think that these radicals, if you win the nomination, I doubt you will, but if you did, if you think that this move-on organization, these, these, these move-on speech terrorists, because that's what they are, and free, free idea, thought idea terrorists, if you think that they're not going to disrupt your rallies because you're setting a tone above board, think again. They don't care. You as a Republican have differing ideas from them. Therefore, you are the enemy. They will demonize you. They will disrupt your rallies. They will disrupt your talks because to them the ends justify the means. That is not part of the political process. That is not part of the First Amendment that we have here in the United States. And we're seeing this now in college campuses. Look at conservative speakers that want to go and speak on campus. All of a sudden we're seeing these people, these these move-on type disruptors picketing and protesting, blocking entrances, blocking doors. We saw it with uh, one member of the of the conservative media that was trying to speak last week. I believe it was in California. And basically they had to shut the rally down. 
That is unacceptable. When I was a student at Syracuse University, I went to see Jesse Jackson. I'll never forget it. Jesse Jackson came to speak at Hendricks Chapel. It was packed. I was able to, uh, to get a, uh, a ticket early on. I disagree with everything Jesse Jackson has to say. Well, I shouldn't say everything, because I certainly believe that people should be treated fairly in this country, and everybody should have equal rights. So I don't disagree with him on that. I disagree with his methods. I believe Jesse Jackson is an absolute fraud who looks out for himself, who likes keeping the black community down. Because remember, if every person in this country, black American in this country, was like Dr. Ben Carson, educated, successful, they could think for themselves. And Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton lose their power base. They're out of business. But Jesse Jackson had the right to speak at Syracuse University. And there were just as many people that disagreed with him in that, in that chapel as agreed with him. There must have been at least 800, maybe 1,000 people in the, in the chapel, maybe somewhere around there. Listen to him. I shook my head at things he said. I did not disrupt. I did not jump up and down and protest. I wanted to hear what he had to say. And then when he was done, a number of my fellow students, we talked about it, we discussed it, a couple of things maybe he, we agreed with, but most everything we disagreed with. And actually, on my dorm floor, I remember that we had spirited discussions, very civil discussions, from people that attended, both pro-Jesse Jackson, what he had to say, and anti-what Jesse Jackson had to say. But we did it civilly, and we went to listen. We didn't disrupt. The problem today is that when a student on campus, a liberal, a radical, when they disagree with what someone else has to say, it's not enough for them just to sit quietly and say, well, I disagree. I heard what they had to say. I disagree. That's not enough for them. What they must do then is antagonize, interrupt, protest, and to a degree, get physically violent, because we saw that and we have seen that on campuses. Colleges, I love how, how the liberals say colleges are a bastion of free ideas and free thoughts and free expression, except when it's free ideas, free thoughts, free expression that differs from your opinion. And that's not right. College campuses should be a free flow of ideas. This country should be a free flow of ideas. But if you disagree with what someone says, you do not have the right to prevent them from saying it. And that goes for a Democrat, for a liberal, for a communist, for a socialist, for a Republican, for a conservative. Makes no difference. We have to have a, a universal standard. It's not one or the other. So, fellow alphas, what I saw last night was unacceptable. What I saw last night was the tip of the iceberg. And what I saw last night was frankly disgusting. That in this country, people can't speak freely without the, now the threat of being disrupted and being shut down. That may work in communist countries. It's great for Cuba. It's great for Venezuela. Great for the Soviet Union. But it's not great and it's not acceptable in these United States of America. It's just the beginning. We're going to see more and more of this. And this also feeds into the, the coddling of our nation's youth. 
starting way, way from the time they're a small kid and they're a champion and they're wonderful and everything they do is great. You get a participation trophy. You're a winner. So they get to college now and people disagree with what they have to say. And so consequently, the next thing you know, they want to shut the rallies down because it hurts their feelings because they need a little safe space. They need a little nest and a little cocoon because their mommy and daddy said they were so great and everything should go their way and they should, anybody that says anything should agree with them. That's not how the real world works. So what I saw last night was provoked, it was intentional, and if any other political candidate thinks on both sides of the aisle, think it won't happen to them, they better think again. And I loved how the, how the media last night all blamed Donald Trump. All Donald Trump's fault. Oh, he incited this. He didn't come out and stand against this. No, what incited this was the fact that Donald Trump, with using his free First Amendment rights, has a very strong opinion on tightening the border, securing the border, on eliminating illegal immigration, on deporting people that are not in this country legally, on making better trade deals. And those ideas are vile to those those radicals, because they want unlimited immigration. They want a free open border. That's great. They're not paying for it. The taxpaying citizens are paying for it. And I wonder how many of those disruptors last night even pay income taxes or any form of taxes, property taxes, income taxes. I'll guarantee you the number was minuscule. I saw some of those clowns. A lot of them look like college students. A lot of them look like thugs. A lot of them look like people that were here illegally. That is the fact. What does it say about this country when if you express an idea, all of a sudden you're demonized not only by the disruptors, but now by the media who deems themselves to be on a high pedestal? The media is, is make no mistake, the media has been going after Donald Trump and the Donald Trump supporters, and they've been, they've been talking about how Donald Trump supporters are lower educated. They're all white. They are, they're, they're not blue collar. They're very blue collar. Those are the same people the Democrats supposedly are fighting for. Blue collar, lower educated. But yet, because they support Trump and his ideas, now all of a sudden they're demonized. It's right from Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals playbook. We're going to see more of this, guaranteed, and you can guarantee that I will continue giving you my commentary. Hope you enjoyed this special bonus Cigar Dave after, uh, bonus, after show bonus podcast for Saturday, March 12th. Long live the Alpha and long live free speech in America. Go Trump. Go Trump.